Rick Dayton on your radio, and so glad that you have dialed it our way. 3.38 in the afternoon on Pittsburgh's news, weather, and traffic station. We are KDKA. Delighted to be joined right now by Dr. Heather Snyder. Dr. Snyder is vice president of medical and, Sci- of medical and science issues for the Alzheimer's Association, and we are delighted to be able to have her joining us. Dr. Snyder, thank you so much for making time for us today as we have a chance to talk about some of the things that are going on when it comes to Alzheimer's research. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me join you. There are so many people, and I can speak from firsthand experience because last June we lost my mom after about a 10-year battle of declining mental acuity and dealing with Alzheimer's and dealing with that dreaded disease. I've lived it. I've seen it. And there are so many people here in town who can say, I saw it with my husband. I saw it with my mom. I saw Mm -hmm. it with my dad. This is becoming so pervasive and more and more so as people are living longer. Is it simply a matter that people are living longer and therefore don't have the same faculties maybe at late in life as they did before? Or is there something else to it, do you think? So Alzheimer's is not normal aging. There are changes that do happen, of course, as we age. We can think about our eyesight or our hearing, and, and that's also might be, uh, might be true of, 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 of some of the way that we, um, the speed that we might process information. But that is very different from Alzheimer's uh, and other dementia. That really is, is characterized by specific changes in our brain that lead to that loss of memory, thinking, and reasoning. And, and ultimately, Alzheimer's is fatal. We have heard so much in terms of those of us who followed this as closely, obviously, as, as our family did, as we were trying to understand what was going on about proteins, tau proteins, about tangles in the brain. We've heard so much about neuroinflammation and all that kind of stuff that's going on. We've also heard and perhaps got our hopes up a little bit that in the future it'll be better for others because of some new drugs that have come out from places like Lilly and some of the breakthrough designations for the FDA in 2021. We heard those things, but then I don't feel like we've heard a whole lot more in a follow-up. Bring us up to speed. Where do we stand with some of those new things that seem to have some promise? We are in this new era as we think about treatment and that future of treatment. Today, there is the first FDA-approved drug that addresses the underlying biology, although access to that particular drug is, is relatively limited. In the next 18 months, we are anticipating three other large-scale studies. They're late-stage studies reporting out. Now, those drugs are, are, or those potential drugs are all targeting a specific biology. They're all targeting the beta amyloid protein. Mm. But that's only really part of that story. And, and you mentioned it yourself, the tau and the tangles, which is one of the other hallmark brain changes we see. We're, we're now seeing uh, uh, really a swell of, of potential drugs that are looking at targeting the tau protein, moving those into clinical trials, targeting inflammation, looking at the vascular contributions, the blood vessels, the blood flow, looking at how the brain cells are talking to one another, how the brain cells are are metabolizing, making their food uh, and their energy. And all of those are biologies that we know are playing a role in Alzheimer's. And we're seeing that moving into those clinical trials as potential, potential therapies. This is a complex disease, and it's likely going to be a complex uh, solution when we think about treatment, that what's your biology, how do we treat it, and how do we pair that with risk reduction? Vice President of Medical and Science for the Alzheimer's Association, Dr. Heather Snyder, joining us here on the Rick Dayton Show. We've also seen some 
studies that are very fascinating having to do with race, ethnicity, and Alzheimer's, sex, and Alzheimer's as well. Are we getting a clearer understanding of why there is a difference between African Americans and Caucasians, between men and women as it relates to the disease? You know, we, we see that there's these differences. For instance, black African Americans are two times more likely to develop Alzheimer's or another dementia than white individuals. Of the more than 6 million Americans living with Alzheimer's, we know that two-thirds are women. Now, understanding what might be those contributions, we've got both the understanding of some of the social determinants of health, access to care, access to some of those risk reduction strategies, uh, thinking about, about some of the, um, uh, the, the, the timing of diagnosis and what might be some of those contributions. And all of that is, is there's a lot of really exciting research aimed at, at understanding that. But one of the things that we, we need to continue to do is, is, and it sounds like just like you and your family have been doing, is, is raise awareness and have that conversation. And then have that conversation with your healthcare provider about your own concerns, about your own, uh, uh, your own family and, and what, what might be some of, of the considerations for your own health. Final question before I let you go, because I know you've got a million things going on. But when it comes to diagnosis, it used to be that everybody said, well, the only way that you can really get a diagnosis is after the patient has died, that you go in and you do an autopsy. Are blood tests any closer now to being accurate as far as knowing what's going on in the body? There is an absolute urgent need for us to have a simple and inexpensive and, and a non-invasive way that we can uh, uh, actually diagnose what, what might be representative of the brain changes in an individual, uh, such as uh, the brain changes in Alzheimer's, but also some of the other brain diseases. And having that simple blood test would be a great advance for our space. And, and in the last probably three years, we've just seen a phenomenal amount of work uh, in the development of some of those blood tests, moving them forward. We're now seeing them being implemented into large-scale clinical studies and seeing them, uh, them being implemented and, and validated in larger and more diverse populations. And, and that's a really key and important aspect of, of moving a blood test to, to the clinic. Thank you so much for what you do for Alzheimer's patients, for their families, and for the research that continues to go on. It's important work, and we appreciate you sharing the, the background with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Heather Snyder with us from the Alzheimer's Association's medical science team, and we sure appreciate her shedding some light on this dreaded disease.